We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Greg's all. It's Watt Harris here with another Panther Ants podcast. Middle of the week, hump day. Me, unfortunately, I'm nursing a sinus infection, which blows really bad. Nothing like getting sick for the holidays. But, you know, yesterday I missed some of the Twitter mayhem, you know, with uh, with recruiting. In regards to recruiting, I was at my son's uh, program for... Uh, for school which was pretty decent it's always fun and uh you know one thing I kind of long for and miss were those days where you went to these type of programs especially when I was a kid people brought their Kodak cameras and they, they took they snapped the occasional picture and then you always had that one guy that guy who had the camcorder Maybe he just, you know, obviously he was probably loaded, had had, had money to pay for one, because those were back in the day; those were pretty petty. And he would be somewhere off to the side, usually, you know, filming. He wouldn't be in the he wouldn't be in the stands with everybody with all the, or, or the chairs with all the other parents. He'd be pretty much off to the side, zooming in, doing what he needs to do. And he wouldn't be he wouldn't be in anybody's way. He would stay out people's way so he, they could take pictures while he films. But man, the last the two programs I went to, my daughters and my oldest sons, the phone just came whipping out. Everybody has their phone up in the air trying to record. Of course, I had to put my phone up too. I was told, "Hey, uh, you need to record from your phone." I'm like, "Fine," which I did. But then you have people recording, and I had one person behind me who turned their flash on while recording, and it was shining on all of us, and they did it for almost every song. I just recorded my son's song, and that was it. Whatever song his class sang, I recorded that, and that was it. That was done. But you have people all over the place, act like professional photographers, holding up their phones, and it's just it's just amazing. Whoa. Well, what a curse these things could be sometimes. But anyways, while while that was happening, I went to, we went to go lunch afterwards. Jatavius Harris, who was down the pit in Louisville for uh, committing for decision day. Well, before he, you know, day before, I guess, he he changed his uh, profile pic to a picture of him in a pitcher's. And then... 
When Atan Nassad came, he changed his profile pic to a Louisville jersey. And obviously he decided to stay where he was. Not decided to stay, but he decided to go with Louisville. Which pissed off a lot of Pitt fans, obviously. And, of course, you had some people took, take some shots at him. And, you know, one thing I don't really do is a whole lot is, is tweet, tweet at recruits. I tr- I really try not to tweet at players either. I mean, the only time I'll, I'll tweet them is if they're leaving the school, they're transferred, I wish them well in their, their journey. That's all you can really do with that. I don't follow any of the recruits. Heck, I don't even follow any pit players. Even ex-players I rarely follow. I may, I follow probably... Uh, I think the only pit player I, I follow is probably Elijah, Elijah Fields, and that's it. Kind of funny. But yeah, I follow him. And, uh... That's only because he called me out on something. I guess I I criticized, I guess, Scoot about the Cincinnati game. And, you know, he called me out and said, hey, you know, I did better. I did really well in the 2009 game. How about that? So, you know, I rewatched the film. He did. Then I had to, you know, I came back probably a year later and told him about it. And, you know, we follow each other now, so it's not bad. He's, uh, you know, Obviously, the guy's done a lot of growing up since college, and he he even said himself that he when he was when he was doing all that, he was just a child, and now he's now he's a grown man. He's doing grown man things now. And obviously, he's back. You know, he aside from reeling, he does stuff with the Duquesne School District, which is really cool. But uh, getting back on the subject, Piffan's got an uproar, and some tweeted at him, some were pissed off, and uh, I get it. I mean, it's you hate when re- recruits do stuff like this, but they're kids. They're still kids, and they're going to do kid stuff. And I think for his sake, he was just trying to keep people guessing is what, what was what happening, because recruits love doing that. He was trying to keep them guessing, and I guess... It kind of backfired because the suspense, you know, it didn't really kill people. It pissed people off. Well, on the pit side, it did. Not to mention, it gives us another reason to hate Louisville. But uh, that was the big thing. I mean, pit, you know, aside from that, they laid in another, they laid in a, uh, Quarterback that they flipped from Iowa State to, you know, of course, if we're talking about being petty here, the Iowa State people, I guess, said, well, we don't need him anyway. And then, of course, after after he dis- after his uh, recruit changed his decision, Louisville went out, I mean, not Louisville, Iowa State went out and, went out and offered another, another uh, quarterback recruit. So, of course, they didn't need him, but they went and offered another guy. Yeah, bullshit. And of course, you know, Pitt obviously picked up Ricky Towns, and I like his game film. Like I said before, and I won't keep repeating myself. But uh, also, they have Nick Patty as well. He just signed. I mean, sign day is today or early sign day. So, 
And it's really, for me, it's not suspenseful. I mean, I remember when, uh, I mean, maybe it's because it's the early sign day, but. Which could be the reason. Because sign day, obviously, you know, in early February, late January, it's all, it's always been a big thing for us. You know, especially, you know, not so much on Twitter, but I remember back in the message board days where we'd go, we'd go in the for, you know, on the forums and we would track the players who was signing and who wasn't. If there were if there were any surprise gets, I remember when uh, what was it? I think it was one surprise get. I remember one year was Dave when Dave Wastel was here was he picked up Coverage Collins who was a four star fullback. I remember how excited we were when we got him. We got him. Uh, Daryl Strong flipped from Auburn to uh, to Pitt. That was an exciting one. Those are, those are two ones I know, but we've had obviously a lot of a lot of, a lot of heartbreaks. You know, Morelli flipping the Penn State, Andrew Johnson flipping the Miami. Those sucked. And of course, we had Johnny Payton, who obviously flipped the South Florida. And what? It, but, but supposedly, what happened there was rumor has is he is he wanted to change his mind to Pitt, and I guess supposedly at the last minute, I guess when they were faxing his thing, I guess they uh it, they couldn't pull the fax out. It was already it went through to South Florida. So he was so he was stuck in South Florida. But um. But for Johnny's sake, he didn't have much of a career at South Florida. He was very talented. I mean, he showed signs of it. But uh, he just couldn't stay out of trouble. Yeah, he just couldn't stay out of trouble. So we move on from that to pit basketball. They played Delaware State, which is probably one of the worst, probably the the worst team in college basketball, supposedly. And uh, Pitt was up twenty over twenty at the half, and they looked like a different Pitt team. They picked up where they left off from uh, last game against McNeese, so they just looked confident. They were in sync. They just they looked really good. They were, I mean, they were knocking down shots, moving the ball, playing good defense. They were frustrating their opponent. And the point where they tell you when they frustrated their opponent, because Shamel Stevenson got a got a pass off a break, and he was about to lay it up, and he got flagrant foul, and player is frustrated about it. And I said, shoot, I remember when Shamel Stevenson was frustrated, and he fouled some kid early in the game, and now it's come full circle. We're frustrating them now. Well, when you have a team full of freshmen, I'm sorry, excuse me, first years, I mean, we have a team full of first years. There's going to be some issues. And for this one, the second half, they weren't knocking down shots. They were shooting cold. That's what happens when you we try to shoot too many threes. And then, of course, when you're playing defense, your best defense is to just let them shoot three threes because they're not making them. I mean, that's what we used to do when we played hockey. 
I mean, uh, if we play a really good team, and one thing we let them do is we let them take slap shots because slap shots aren't always accurate, especially when, especially, I mean, we're talking deck hockey here as well. Because in deck hockey, if they have a really good slap shot, the ball curves. And I remember we just sat there. We uh, didn't let them cut. We didn't let them get towards get to the net. We just let them take slap shots, and well, they were missing them. And of course, eventually we wore down, and you know we lost the game. But in this case, it worked for uh, it worked for Delaware State as Pitt wasn't knocking down anything, and they came back at one point. They were down, I think, two points. Almost, I think one point maybe. And it's weird because when I was tweeting about this in the first half about how great they were playing. And nobody was really tweeting about the game. And of course, when Pitt started losing, start not not started losing, on the verge of the hills of collapsing, everybody came out of the woodwork and started tweeting about Pitt basketball, which is you know easy bait, I guess you can say. But it just is what it is, and it sucked. I mean, they didn't put together two two halves of basketball, and as Kevin Stallings said in the post game, it should have been easy, but unfortunately, it wasn't. So it's a terrible thing. But uh, Pitt has Towson State coming up, as they'll be they'll be playing the Funny Pat Scaries. Pat, as you know, delivered us Kem Birch, which makes me wonder why we're not we're not as pissed off at, Kem, at, at Pat Skiri as much. I mean, he delivered Kem Birch, which was braggable at the time. He let he brought he left he, he gave us a five star recruit and he left. And then of course the, the recruit, I guess, turned sour and he left. Not too long after Skiri you know, departed. But uh, Scary has done some pretty good things at Tulsa. He just got a big extension. And uh, he's going to be there for a while. But probably a good chance he he's eventually going to get picked up somewhere from some team. You know, if he, keeps up, if he keeps what he's doing. Not sure who that'll be, but, you know, I would say probably I thought would think Maryland, but they're obviously on the rise. I would say Rutgers too, but they're on the rise as well. I mean, they just knocked off Seton Hall. So obviously I'm not sure who could, I'm not sure where scary would go to be honest with you. I think if anything, since he coached, since he's coaching on that coast, he could stay in Maryland, but of course not to Maryland, but Tulsa, but where he's at, Philadelphia isn't too far. There's plenty of those schools up there for the big six he could probably end up at. And some other big East schools. But, uh, yeah, they're, you know, they're on the rise, obviously. They're winning more games. They're having off a great start. So, Friday, obviously, is going to be a huge test for Pitt to see where they're at and come uh, conference play because this is the last non-conference game there. They're seven. I mean, the positive is they're seven and five. <laughs> That's really the only positive I can think of right now. I mean, the first years are uh, 
they're moving along. They're still making first-year mistakes. It's just not as bad now. It's just they need to, like, really realize, you know, when you get into a situation like you have with uh, Delaware State in the second half, that shooting threes isn't always the answer. There's nothing wrong with a two-point jumper driving in a hoop, which towards the end, Pitt kind of realized, hey, we need to go inside and do some things and draw fouls. But then, you know, eventually they pulled away. But, uh, yeah, Tulsa will be, it's going to be a tough, uh, tough matchup, whether we like to say it or not. You know, a few years ago, we could, we, we'd say this would be an easy win, but, nah, not so much. And that's another thing people need to realize. It doesn't matter who's, who would be coaching this team right now. If it was Dixon with the current recruits that he brought in from that class that where they all left, we'd be in pretty much in the same situation as we are we're in now. We'd be losing a lot of games. Could we could we win more? Maybe one or two more. We'd probably lose to Penn State. Probably lose to West Virginia. Definitely lose those two. Oklahoma State, we'd probably lose that game as well. But anyway, it was going to be a pretty much a uh, dumpster fire, no matter who was at the helm. It's just that one person left the uh, program in a way where he could say, well, hey, things were working fine while I left. What the hell did you guys do? And, you know, unfortunately, we're just stuck where we're at. And I'm going to keep probably reiterating this over and over again as the season goes on. It just is what it is. But... Like I said, after the East State, after what they did, I, I saw Pitt as a team that could probably surprise some teams in the ACC play. But after Delaware State, not so much. So that's why we need to figure out with Tolson. They need to pretty much – this is a game where they need to really buckle down and put two good halves together. Stay focused. Take better shots. And if you're not nailing on your threes, go to the hoop. Do something. And we'll finish up here with the Pro Bowl talk. Pitt obviously landed a three. Well, not landed three. They, well, actually, three Pitt alums landed in the Pro Bowl. Uh, it's the obvious three. Aaron Donald, Larry Fitzgerald, Shane McCoy. They're all having big years. Aaron Donald just gets better and better every year. And I think what's really helped him more in the spotlight is the fact that J.J. Watt is hurt because if J.J. wasn't hurt and he was still performing at what his level is, Aaron would pretty much be in the background, so to speak. But Aaron has a Aaron has had a call following since he's been drafted, not just from Pitt fans, but several other uh, NFL enthusiasts. And, you know, they love his game, and they're seeing it. And he's really come full circle from when he was a rookie. I mean, he was great as a rookie, explosive. And he's just gotten better and better every year. Larry Fitzgerald, I mean, he's, third, I think, third in receptions. He's closing on 100 catch, catches despite having crappy quarterbacks. I mean, what the man's does has been amazing. I mean, it's a, I mean... Shoot, I was 23 
years old when Larry, uh, 23, 24, when Larry, uh, what's it called? I was 23. Oh, was it 23? No, I was, t- shoot, what was 2004? 2003. Ah, uh, yeah, I was 24. I was 24 when Larry played, I guess, the Heisman campaign, and then he went pro. I mean, I was, I mean, think about that, 24 years, I was 24 years old. Larry's now, I guess, in year 14, and I'm 38 years old. 30 years old, and he's like, he's got a thousand receptions, and he's pretty much, how he's going to be in the Hall of Fame, probably first ballot. And he had LaShawn McCoy, and it feels like yesterday he was wreaking havoc in the backfield. Now 10,000 yards. Back in the Pro Bowl, and it's, and, and, and it's well-deserved, because he's closing on 1,000 yards after getting 10K. Well, I think he already has 10,000. It's one of the two. I think he already has 1,000. But he's got 50 receptions this year. He's been pretty much a workhorse for the Bills this year. And he's playing like he's got several good years left in him. So, that's the thing. What makes me laugh about these programs that talk about how why would you go to Pitt to play quote-unquote big time? We could play big-time college football somewhere else. Like, there was one freaking idiot from West Virginia who said, you know, if they if I'm going to play college football, I feel, you know, I question people who, you know, go play at Pitt when they can play at West Virginia. And the thing about West Virginia is, and I, I replied to the tweet saying, if he's if any player is going to play college, you know, big-time college football, he's not going to sign with either Pitt or West Virginia. Because here's the thing about West Virginia. They fill the stands when they win games. When their product is attractive... Fans will fill in, or if it's a big game. But when, most apart, their attendance really isn't any different than ours. So they can go to hell with that one. And attendance is such, such an old ass joke. It's so aged. It's like, yeah, we all fill our seats, but yeah, here here we are with guys like Fitzgerald, Aaron Donald, McCoy, Nicholas Grigsby, Dion Lewis. And there's plenty more players, just you know, that uh, from Pitter and the pros. I mean, Darrell Rivas is back. I'm not sure how much action he's seeing, but he's back. So it's funny because you know, people say you know, the journeys. Well, it depends on what your journey is. If you want to go pro, you go to a school that produces pros and they know the whole thing and plus not only that the alumni there they're that are they're also pro pro players you got a connection there you got a network of guys to, to, to deal with like Dave Wanstad I mean he had lots of NFL connections so he was able to get guys tryouts like for instance Greg Lee when he didn't get drafted and Dave actually Dave begged Greg Lee not to uh, go pro and because he felt that Greg needed another year, Greg went anyway. Because uh, Greg listened to his agent instead of his coach, and uh, it didn't work out. And 
Dave was supposedly pissed off at the agent. And I guess Dave was getting Greg Lee, you know, some, he was getting him tryouts and stuff, but if you're not good, you're not good. Which is what happened there. And I think Greg Lee's back in, last I heard he was back in school. But I don't know what he's been doing since then. But that's just one case of it. That's what Dave says when, when a player's ready. I remember, this was the same interview. He says when they're ready, he tells them to go. He makes phone calls. And if all checks well, he, he tells them to go pro. Pretty much Darrell Rivas, he told them you know, to get out of here. You're done. Go pro. Shady was another story. Shady, you know, I think Shady was torn of, of, of staying and leaving. And I think probably thinks his decision was more his family's decision to go pro. Because they were afraid of him getting hurt. You know, because he was talking about staying, and there was some stuff, and I remember some press clippings of his mom saying some things, and if you can read between the lines, his family did this, which, you know, pissed a lot of us off. But at the end of the day, it happens. It worked out for him. He didn't, you know, it's, it's it has worked out for him, so kudos to him. It worked out for Pitt too because you know why we got we got we ended up with Dion Lewis. He picked up with he picked up where Shea left off, and we had Ray Graham as well. We had a really great backfield, great offensive line that year. We almost won the Big East title until we fell apart, and that does in the in the morning seconds. But. Uh, I mean, it's the thing. If you want thousands of people kissing your ass, yeah, I'm sure you go to those schools. But if you're looking for more than that, you go to a place like Pitt, who has a obviously a great history of putting putting pros in, and not so much that great pros. I mean, Pitt's gonna have three got three. Pitt's gonna have three alum, alumnus that are there have over ten thousand yards rushing. Actually, they have them already. I'm not sure what I'm talking about, but they're in the top. They're in the top of the uh, rushing charts. You got that. Larry Fitzgerald's obviously closing on a legendary career as, as well. Aaron Donald, his story still being told. Revis, I'm not sure if he's going to be first ballot Hall of Fame or not. I'm not even sure he even gets to the Hall of Fame. He had a good, he had a great, good career. It just it was, it was short. It felt like. And I think you know it's because he, last his last season he was out of shape. But, uh, anyways, I'll stop blabbering. Out of pit. Get the Christmas shopping done. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.